My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show. Hello, friends and family from around the country and literally around the world. This is another episode with me, David J. Harris, Jr. And today, friends, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for supporting my show. And thank you for supporting the guests that I have on the show today. One simple great way to support me is to get yourself a nice patriotic T-shirt like best you ever had, President Trump. Yes, I'm still repping him because I believe it's not over yet. I believe that that man that was on a mission is still on a mission to help make this country greater than it's ever been. Like my upcoming guest, and if you want to get that merch, get it at davidharrisjr.store. But like my upcoming guest, friends, he is trying to do literally the unthinkable, the seemingly impossible. But friends, I believe it is 100% absolutely possible to get a conservative, somebody that loves this country, that loves what we stand for, that loves the freedoms that we have, to get them in the position of governor of California. Friends, it is my honor today to have my guest on, Steve Lodge. Steve, my brother, I was so excited, (laughs) man, when I heard that you were going to run for governor of California. Are you kidding me? I am so excited, and, and this is great to be on your show. I, you know, I've followed you for quite a while, and your message is great. So it's a real honor to, to uh, be on your show. Thank you very much for having me on. Well, it's a, a pleasure is all mine. I mean, I'm a California kid. I get messages all the time on my social media from people that say, why are you hating on California so much? We're not all bad. And I'm like, I know, I'm a California native. Grew yeah. up in Northern California, spent some time in Orange County. I love the state. I just don't love the politics. The politicians and the policies have driven that state and so much of it right in the toilet. And we need some common sense running. Uh, We need some common sense running the state. And Steve, I absolutely believe in you. I think that you can bring that to the state. But I want my audience to hear why you're running for governor and what makes you qualified. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're extremely successful. You've had a, a career and a history with the police department. You've been on uh, the supervising board, the board of advisors for police. You've done a lot in politics. Uh, your fiance, obviously, Vicki Gunvalson, was on the uh, Real Housewives of Orange County for over a decade. I think it was like 14 years or something amazing. Yeah. So uh, people have gotten to know and love her. But what makes you feel that you are qualified to lead this state in the right direction, Steve? Well, it, let me start from the beginning. The, the reason I want to run and why I'm so impassioned about running is I'm, I'm born and raised California. You know, I, I grew up here. It's a, a fantastic, it was a fantastic place to live. And, you know, I went to school here. I, I left and went into the military. I came back. But I have, I, this is where I raised my grand, my kids. And I'm watching my, my uh, grandkids grow up here. And I'm afraid that their future is being leveraged by career politicians that are destroying the state financially, and that's not going to give them a future. And that's one of the reasons I need to get into this race. I see some of the other candidates, and I'm, it's kind of lackluster. Uh, the passion isn't there. Uh, it's some of yeah, the like Cox, that we, yeah, we've had the same, same uh, people. And it's time to, for uh, you know, common sense ideas. Uh, Government see, always seems to create more issues than they solve. And, and sometimes I think they create these issues so they have something to tell the people that they're solving. You know, and that doesn't make any sense. 
of California about a month uh, when I launched. And I think this is going to be uh, fantastic for everybody. Uh, we're going to make a change. And I just have to ask uh, the California, the residents of California, do you want this change? And we have the highest cost of living in the United, in the continental United States. Yeah. Is that what they want? And, and all the things that, that all the problems with California, it's not problems that impact just Republicans. It's it's across the board, Democrats, independents, uh, Greenpeace, whatever party you're in living in California, these bad policies impact you. So let's yes. we want to make a change. We want to make California, California again. Well, and I've been watching it. We moved to Texas a couple of years ago. We moved before the pandemic. We moved before everything really got crazy. But I remember when Governor Gavin Newsom was first sworn in, one of his very first things that he did that I just felt like was such a slap in the face to every Californian was he immediately gave uh, uh, health care privileges to illegals and then find every Californian that did not have health coverage. It's like, how does that even make any sense? Yet that was one of the first things that he did when he got in office. And then I've just seen over the years the consistent, just mind-boggling, why in the world would a, would a governor do this to the one, of, one of the most beautiful states in the country over and over again to their 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 citizens? Uh, and I think that you're right. That's exactly why, you know, traveling the country and speaking in California, I've heard from so many independents and Democrats yeah. that over, over Gavin Newsom, yeah. people call him Mussolini, you know, Gavin Mussolini, you, you, you name it. He, he's treating his people like a dictatorship, uh, acting like a dictator. Uh, everybody else is peasants locking down the state. Absolute just horrific uh, measures that he was mandating on the people. And it's it's pissed off enough people that he's getting recalled. So share with us some of the issues that you want to tackle uh, if you were to become governor. Well, one of the biggest issues we have in this state is the uh, the homeless crisis. And by the way, you know, I've been dealing with the homeless since uh, the, the years when I was a cop and even before that, you know, as a citizen. Uh, but the the crux of the issue, they're going about it all wrong and they always have. And it, it's so frustrating to watch uh, as a cop. I know what those answers are for them and, and I can implement things that are actually going to work now. The, the homeless crisis was exacerbated by AB 109, which was a, uh, a Brown le Brown's legislation, which moved the prison population down to down to the local level. It, it wasn't a they weren't able to do that. So they ended up in the street. There was no plan to re rehabilitate them. There was no plan to detox them and keep them off the of drugs. They just basically opened the doors and let them all run out in the street. And then each time that they would pass different bad legislation like Prop 47, Prop 57, and so on, each one has carried more people out into the streets. And because they weren't doing anything about it, it was attracting uh, the homeless population from other states that were sending the people out here. Hey, we got great weather, right? So they can live yeah. in the street. Uh, but this problem is a... Uh, drug addiction problem, an alcoholic problem, and mental health problem. And the only way you're going to fix that is if you start from scratch and you say, okay, we're going to actually compassionately help these people and try to get them back 
into society. And the way you do that is not to just let them voluntarily go into rehab because they're not going to do that. No. There's not any, any of these drug addicted people or alcoholics or mentally ill that are going to volunteer and say, you know what, you know, I need some help. I'm going to go get some help. No, we have to compassionately help them. And one of one the, the biggest uh, centerpiece for this is retrofitting uh, portions of the jail and prison for detox, rehabilitation, health care. I call it uh, health care uh, rehabilitation, but correctional health care rehabilitation. They have to be in a secure, safe environment where they're going to get the help that they need. And yeah. Again, uh, they've made it almost impossible to force them into these kind of treatment centers, but tweaking of the laws and making it work for us, the, Amer the uh, uh, citizens of, of uh, California, that's the only way it's going to be done. I've seen actually uh, Dallas County, uh, Texas has a kind of a, a model for this type of, of uh, center. And it's uh, in Parkland, I believe. I've been there. I've done tours there. Uh, I even took a contingent from Orange County a few years ago. This can work for uh, rehabilitation, uh, detox, and uh, caring for the mentally uh, the, a mental illness of, of yeah. people. So getting well, them that kind of care is what's going to happen. They're spending more money trying to throw them into these tiny houses and stuff than they're, they're, they would spend on this kind of facility. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about rehab and you have to help them. And, and then when they get in trouble, you don't slap them on the wrist up in Northern California. It got so bad uh, with the homeless issue that uh, they wouldn't even they, they wouldn't even sometimes take the people's drugs from them. Sometimes they would take the drugs and not the pipe if they're smoking meth. But I literally seen where sometimes they wouldn't even give them an infraction. They would just tell them to move somewhere else. It was yeah. like they're trying to ignore the problem. And we all know that when you ignore a problem, it's going to become a bigger problem. Uh, so that's a huge issue. I, I love to hear that you've got a, a strategy to help tackle that. What about the border? Uh, what, what, are you strong on border security? Absolutely. You know, I, in law enforcement, you know, I, I worked uh, uh, gangs and gangs hom gang homicide for years. Uh, I was on a career criminal uh, task force. Uh, we wrote one of the uh, we wrote the first Orange County Rico case uh, in Orange County history against the Mexican mafia and, and took down about 135 heads of the Mexican mafia. Wow. That's the, the, uh, uh, the people, the people that are in prison, the inmates running the street uh, drugs out on the street. So we have, uh, have a good background and I know what the border issues are and I'm very strong on that. Listen, I go to Mexico all the time. I don't go there and sneak over their border and I, I have documentation. I'm welcome right. to come down here because I have my documentation and I'm welcome to come and visit. Yes. Uh, you can't just open the borders and say, here we go. Everybody can come in. We don't know who we're getting. We can't take care of that many people. And the only ones that we're getting is the poor. I don't see any doctors and, and uh, mm. lawyers and professionals sneaking across the border. Uh, no. We can help. We can help with this border crisis crisis a lot by actually working with Mexico in trade and helping. You know, why are we buying from China when we can get products from Mexico for the same price and maybe even better. There's yeah. no shipping costs. It's very close. It's not, it's not like we're going across an ocean. And if we just focus on, on maybe taking care of uh, our brother and sisters down there in a way that makes sense for us and benefits us, then that's the way to do it. But yeah, border security is a top issue. Uh, 
I think the policies that were in place prior to Biden were, were working at least enough to give us time to look at some comprehensive uh, immigration uh, changes, but not in this way. When you, when you just open it up for a million people fly in, you're, you're really just asking for horrendous problems. And do you promote do you promote immigrations and customs enforcement actually working in conjunction with local law enforcement to make sure that criminal illegal aliens don't get to stay in the state? Be, making a state a sanctuary state, in my opinion, is asinine. It's absolutely ridiculous. If somebody's a criminal, they shouldn't be allowed to break into a country and then stay there. What's your stance on if criminal illegal aliens are caught and apprehended? Uh, on we're on law enforcement working with ICE to make sure that we get them expedite them out of the country. Well, we we were doing that for so many years and it worked great. We would we would uh, contact ICE when when uh, violent prisoners or uh, inmates were getting out that were here in, in the country illegally. They were met by ICE agents and they were escorted back to to where they originated. Uh, this only came about in the last thirteen years, and that was when we uh, we got Brown as governor. And Newsom was the lieutenant governor, and he supported all this stuff. And he supported uh, SB 54, which is the state law, not allowing uh, officers to uh, engage or, or find out if somebody's uh, what their what their immigration status is. And here's the problem with that. If I'm a police officer and I work in my beat, I know who the people are in my neighborhoods. I know who the bad guys are. I know who's, who's good and who's bad, who's violent and who's not. I also know who the violent felons are that got out of prison that are here illegally. Hmm. Now, we used to be able to identify them. I'd see one. I go, OK, we know he's not supposed to be here and he's out. He just got out of prison. So we would contact ICE, take him into custody and he would be deported or at least go through proceedings, uh, ICE proceedings. But this whole, you know, I'm putting my hands over my eyes and I don't see a, a violent felon walking down the street that I know is here illegally. And then later on, he commits a violent uh, a felony. Who's to blame there? It's the government's fault. The government, 100%. So, absolutely. And I really, I really hope, too, I want to interject really quick. I really hope, too, for people that are listening right now, that you share the mess out of this. If, you, if you're not sure, I'm, I'm speaking with Steve Lodge. He's running for governor. He's running to replace Gavin Newsom in California. And what he's expounding on and exposing right now are the issues that are currently prevalent in California that have created the desire for Californians to recall their governor and say, we don't like the job you're doing. We hate it enough to actually not wait to vote you out later. We want you out now. The issues that have led to California taking that stance didn't happen overnight. Right. Steve is breaking down how these have been policies that Gavin Newsom and Brown before him were putting in place that have given the state of California and all of the residents, all the beautiful people there, the issues now that they're facing. So I'm so glad that you brought that up, Steve, because a lot of people just it seems like they either aren't paying attention or they're worse. They're listening to the mainstream media, the liberal mainstream media, and they're not hearing it because the liberal mainstream media is not talking about it. They don't want the people to hear about anything negative that any Democrat or liberal is doing. They only wanted to. Well, especially for the four years of President Trump, it was all bad Trump. Everything's bad. Everything Donald Trump's bad. He has two or three scoops of ice cream. It's bad. They didn't talk about this stuff. So for a lot of people, they feel like, how did California get so bad overnight? But it wasn't overnight, friends. And that's exactly what California is getting rid of their governor. Uh, what about what about COVID? The lockdowns. Uh, again, I still have family in Northern California. Uh, I've got family and friends in Southern California and Central California. 
the lockdown measures were absolutely destructive for small businesses. Who wins? Big businesses, Walmarts, Amazon. Those companies got, you know, some of them grew five, 10 times uh, their, their net worth. The small business owners are the ones that took the hit. What's your stance with this current Delta variant that now Fauci's out spouting and all these mainstream media pundits are spouting is worse than the original variant? What would be your stance for small businesses and business as usual? Or, or what would be your mandates, if you will, that you'd put down based on this uh, this Delta variant? Well, you know, the, the whole government mandate thing I have a real issue with because basically what they're doing is they're, they're giving you all the information that they have. Correct. So they have the same information that you have, but you're not allowed to make decisions on your own because they don't think you're responsible enough as they are. Well, I got news for you. Business owners, residents, people are just as smart as any elected official, yet they're being told by the elected official, you can't do this or you can't do that. And they're going, why not? We lost a third a third of our small businesses in California during this thing. And you saw what it was always, you know, do what I say, not what I, I'm not going to do, you know, what I tell you to do, you know, exactly. restaurant, the yep. laundry place that he went. Uh, it That that kind of showed you where, what kind of mentality they have. They, they don't care about the, the, the small business owner. They don't care about the individual rent uh, resident. All they care about is holding on to power. What's ridiculous is they're holding on to power and they're destroying the state. Yeah, that's, that's not good for anybody. And I want to I really want to make that message clear to, to not only Republicans, but the Democrats, the independents, the, the Green Party, the anybody in what whoever you call yourself, any group. This impact is on all of us, not yeah. just not just a few. So we've got to turn this around now before it's too late. And that's what I'm asking the the voters of California to do. Turn it around, get him out of office, put me in office, obviously, and let me surround myself with the best of the best and make decisions that are going to benefit everybody in California, not just certain groups. We have to look at the people. The government is supposed to enhance opportunities. They're supposed to enhance infrastructure that gives people those kind of opportunities. Yeah. It's not about managing your life. And that's what has to end. 